0: Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel Galveston. God knows
1: how to show up at the right time. And even in the darkest scenarios and all that stuff, and He knows how to show up with that perfect thing that you need more than anything else in your life at that moment in time. And I'm going to tell you right now that one thing that you need more than anything else in this life, it's Jesus Himself, period. You need him. You need the Wonderful Counselor. You need the powerful, almighty God. You need the Everlasting Father. And you need the Prince of Peace in your life and for your
0: family. You know how, in the movies, the hero always seems to show up just at the right time? The villain has already pressed the button to launch a deadly gas into the Earth's atmosphere. And the timer's counting down. But then, at the last second, the good guy defeats the villain and disarms the weapon, saving the world from destruction. In today's message, Pastor James teaches that God sent Jesus to earth to save the world at just the right moment in time. God's timing is perfect, and so is his plan of salvation. Now turn in your Bible to the book of Isaiah chapter 9, as Pastor James continues his message, The Greatest Gift...
1: Let's just look at these titles real fast, just so you can understand how amazing Jesus is. Verse 6, for a child is born to us, and I understand this is Isaiah speaking to the nation of Israel. Okay, we get it. That was a plot applicable to those guys, but it is also applicable to us as well, okay? A son has been born to us. A son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders. Well, praise God for that, because I don't even know what our guys are even doing, but they don't seem to have anything figured out in our poor country. I have no idea what's going on, but I'm praying more so like, Jesus, can you come back and just like fix all this mess? We, and I'm going to say a we collectively as a nation, we have no idea what we're doing. We have no clue. I know this, God is in control. And whoever is up there is there because God has allowed it to happen. So I'm praying for them. Even the ones I may not agree with, we're praying for them. We're praying for them because our country is lost. Surprise, surprise. Your beautiful, wonderful Christian nation is not a Christian nation. It's not. That has gone by the wayside a long time ago. I don't care what anybody else says. This Christian nation no longer exists. And it might be prime... For the greatest harvest it's ever seen. So praise God for that. Praise God for that. Not all hope is lost. It's not. Maybe this is a dark night for America. Maybe it is. Maybe that glimmer of hope, maybe that's Jesus. Maybe he's coming back soon. That's what we're praying for. But until then, we're praying for revival. And you know where the revival needs to start? Number one, it needs to start in my heart. It needs to start in your heart as well, your relationship with the Lord Jesus. But after that, revival has to happen in the church. (laughs) It has to happen in the church. It has to. That means God's got to do business with us. The government will rest on his shoulders. He will have it. It'll be his. We don't have to worry about it. His royal titles. I'm reading out the New Living Translation just because I appreciate the way it phrases some of these things. But it says, these will be his royal titles. Wonderful counselor. We can pause there. Do you need counseling? Number one, if you do, that is perfectly okay. Can I just say that from the pulpit as a pastor? If you need counseling, there is nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. There is nothing wrong with seeking out godly, biblical, professional help if you need it. I don't know what has happened in our world, but somehow, and I've got friends, I've got former students who, they just want to kick the church because somehow we don't do this right. Listen, if you need help, then get help. Get help. God has equipped men and women, godly men and godly women, with the ability to counsel and speak into your lives. I have a guy that i talk to every so often because i'm like dude i need to like can i just throw up on you basically is that cool because i think i'm going nuts like can i just like he says yeah, absolutely he was the paid staff counselor at the church i came from in amarillo why well because sometimes i need that because sometimes i need that There's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong with you you're normal you're normal Okay? That's a part of fallen humanity. We have these issues. We have these struggles. Chemical imbalances, dietary stuff, oppression. We have these things. So why not ask for help? Ask for help. It's okay. It's okay to do that. And it's okay to admit that. All right? It is. It's okay. But my caution is this. Seek out godly wisdom, godly counsel, godly Make sure it's somebody, if you're going to say, you know what, man, I just need somebody to speak into my life, what? Please, truth, truth, please, let it be truth. And you know what? Sometimes with my friend who sometimes speaks truth into my life, it's sometimes things I don't really want to hear, but I need to hear. James, it sounds like you're being selfish. Hmm, you're right. (laughs) Ah, Ouch, that hurt. He's like, yeah, I know, but it's the truth. And I'm telling you the truth because I love you. Jesus is the most excellent counselor there ever is. So start there. That's sometimes a problem. We don't want to start there. And I'm going to tell you right now, if there's warring inside of you, please, by all means, go to Jesus first and foremost. Go to him. And he may point you and lead you to the direction of one of his sons or daughters who's qualified to help you, but you have to start with him. And I think therein lies the problem with a lot of people in the church. They don't want to go to Jesus. Why? Go to him. Lord, I'm having I'm struggling. I'm battling with depression right now. He already knows. He already knows. And he doesn't think any less of you because of that. He loves you completely and perfectly. And he may say, You know what? I know that. Let's deal with that. Come, let us reason together, as he would say to Isaiah. He's a wonderful counselor. The most wonderful counselor. He knows how to come into our lives and speak that beautiful, timely word. Sometimes it's a word of conviction. Sometimes it's a word of encouragement, right? Like that lady who's looking out the window as her husband is dying. And what came to her mind? Scripture. What she needed to hear at that moment in time. What she needed to be reminded of because the wonderful counselor whispered into her ear and says, hey, remember where your hope is. Remember where your help is, where it comes from. He's the greatest counselor. What else? Number two on that list, mighty God. Mighty God. Mighty God. Emphasis on mighty, emphasis on God, okay? Like, I mean, the list can stop there if you want. I mean, wonderful counselor, that's beautiful, man, that the Lord would be so gracious and compassionate to listen to us and then to speak truth into our lives and to never become impatient with us and and just always loving and willing to be an ear for us. I mean, in my prayer life, I do way too much talking, way too much talking. And the Lord sometimes will remind me of that, that he's like, hey, can you just stop so I can say something? But he's so gracious and compassionate. And the next thing on the list, he's mighty God or God almighty. El Shaddai, creator God. This is who this child is. Wonderful counselor, mighty God. No one can overthrow him. No one can dethrone him. Mighty, powerful, all-powerful God. Everlasting Father. So you need wisdom. You need comfort. You need counseling. Well, he's that. You need strength. Well, he's that. You need security in your life. Well, he's that too. He's Everlasting Father. Just like in that verse in Galatians chapter 4, the Spirit lives in us, and it's from the Spirit that we get to cry out, Abba, Papa, Dada, right? So intimate is that language to our heavenly father. But he's an everlasting father, never. It can't be overthrown. His rule will never end, will never end. That equals security within your life. That equals security within your life. This is all bundled up in that little bitty bundle there in Bethlehem. And do you need peace? Do you need peace? Peace. How about a peace that surpasses all understanding? How about a peace when it doesn't make any sense at all? How about a peace when you're sitting inside your house, staring at a window, your three babies have just died. You just buried them with your husband who is now dying of a fever. Do you need peace? How dark is your night? You need peace. There's nothing in this world that's going to offer to you who he is, nothing. Nothing. You can be hard-headed, like me, and try to search that out for yourself. Or you can be smart, unlike me, and learn from other people's examples. Name it. Create your own list of people who have pursued peace, trying to find peace in this life. And they all come to the same conclusion. Things that the world tells you will bring peace, Do not bring peace. Certainly not everlasting peace. How much money do you need in this life? It'll never do the job. How much relationship and relationships do you need in this life? It'll never be enough. What we need is Jesus. What we need is Jesus, and he is the prince of peace. He himself is peace. This great gift that God has given to us, God incarnate, Jesus, wonderful counselor, He's mighty God, He's our everlasting Father, and He is the prince of peace. And like I reference from the epistles there, it is a peace that surpasses all understanding. And what that basically means is it's a peace, it's a calmness when it just doesn't make sense. You've ever experienced that? Maybe you've seen that in other people. Maybe you've felt that before. And outsiders have come to you and say, how how are you keeping it together? You say, I I don't know. I guess it's peace. It's the Lord in me. It's the Lord in me. Normally, I'm a wreck. Normally, I'm I'm upside down. I'm a wreck. But I don't know. It's just, it's Jesus. It's got to be the Prince of Peace living inside of me. He's given me a peace that surpasses all understanding. I can't comprehend it. You can't comprehend it. Maybe you've seen that in people's lives. Maybe your parents were followers of Jesus. And you would watch from the outside was like, man, it doesn't look like things are going well. But how are they so calm? The Prince of Peace probably is occupying the throne that he deserves within their heart. Is your life in turmoil? Inwardly, outwardly, you need this gift. You need this gift. And all that it includes. You need the wonderful counselor. You need the mighty God. You need an everlasting father. You need the prince of peace. Not just for yourselves. This is the remedy for dying humanity. This is the vial that the old lady was bringing to that house as death was consuming their village. There's the cure, and his name is Jesus. Turn over to John with me, please. John chapter 3. I don't know if you've ever heard these two verses, John 3, 16, 17. Not that popular, not at all. Very apropos to where we're at today. Because you got a prophecy about a son. A son has been given to us. A son has been given to us. Here it is, the greatest gift. Israel, you're in rebellion against God. You don't deserve this gift. But God's given them to you anyways. Hey, humanity, we don't deserve them. We haven't earned him. But God has given them anyways. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus, a religious leader. Who came to him at, you know, at nighttime, probably because number one, it's probably cool temperature wise. The other part of that is he doesn't want to be seen by some of his buddies. Okay. So, but Nicodemus recognizes that there's something significant. There's something special about Jesus. And the other religious leaders had recognized it too. They said, listen, that normal person can't do what you're doing. Right. This isn't, we talked about this before that the Messiah checklist, all the boxes were being checked off. He was doing all the stuff that they've been reading about, that they've been trained in their in their religious schooling and all that stuff. And he's like, "Listen, something special about you." And they engage in this conversation about being reborn, and that's hard for Nicodemus to process. Wait, how do I? And Jesus is like, "No, no, listen, reborn. This is what it means. You need a new heart. You need to come alive because you're dead." You're dead. You're born dead. You're born dead. You're born in your sins. You're born dead. You need to be reborn. Reborn. So Jesus is having this beautiful conversation with him. And then he gets to verse 16 here. He says, Nicodemus, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. He gave his only son. Remember Isaiah chapter 9, a son Is given to us. A son is, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever, whoever believes in him, places their faith and trust in Jesus, should not perish but have eternal life, or life everlasting. How it was meant to be back in Genesis. He's getting us back to the garden, how he intended it to be. He's dealt with the sin problem. And here, how do you deal with it? Well, he sends his son, his only son. You just got to call out to him. You just got to cry out to him. I believe. That's what I did. 19-year-old kid. I just finally surrendered. In my little apartment thing, efficiency in Colorado, in the beautiful mountains there in Colorado, I said, look, Jesus, your word says that you died for me and for my sins. I believe that. I believe that. What do you want me to do? That's how I got saved. That was my prayer. That was my sinner's prayer, okay? we you're like, no, that doesn't line up. I don't care because there's no sinner's prayer in the Bible, okay? And what it is is like, it's a glad surrender. That's what it is saying, Jesus, you die for my sins. I believe that. Now here I am. Be the king of my heart. Be the king of my heart, meaning you have me do whatever you want with me and through me. That's what it means for him to be a king of your heart. This beautiful gift given to all of mankind. The saddest thing about this story, and I'm going to even read verse 17. It says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. The most tragic thing, picture this. You're gathered with your family, whatever the perfect scenario is for you, in your house, your living room, and there's the gifts all around the tree, and all the presents are getting opened and everything But the one gift that you, man, you've been saving up for this. You're so excited about this one gift to give to your family. And you've wrapped it in the special packaging. You've done all this stuff. And it's sitting there under the tree. And everybody's tearing through their gifts and all that stuff. And then it comes to the one gift. And everybody's like, you know what? It's time to eat. It's time to eat. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I think I'm going to go eat. You know, I got all these other gifts, so I think I'm just going to enjoy these things. And I'll get to that present when I get to it. I'll come back to that. Can you imagine being the parental figure in that story as you're like, I've given everything in that one gift. And for by and large, to have the humanity of your household say, ah, you know, I just don't have time. I appreciate it, but I don't really know. I mean, is it really for me? I mean, it's just that one gift. What's so special about one gift? I've got all these other options. i become so distracted in this and that. Can you imagine what it would be like to be a heavenly father who sends his only son, whom he loves, to these people who could care less, by and large, about him? And he gives this beautifully wrapped package. He says, here it is. And for humanity to be like, ah, I'm good. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't know if I believe in that. I don't know if I believe that that's really for me. No, it's the most perfect present, the most perfect gift for all of humanity. The sad reality is if, how long does that package stay there unwrapped, meaning unreceived? For me, I wish I had opened that package early on in my life. I really do. I do. But for whatever reason... When the time was right, I unwrapped that package. It was perfect. It was perfect. I don't have too many regrets. I know that I got saved when I got saved because the timing was perfect. The timing was right. I saw that gift and I said, you know what? I'm going to open that thing. I'll take it. I would hope for you as well that that moment has happened. If it hasn't happened, man, I would pray that maybe today you see that gift for the first time like you've never seen it and say, you know what? I want that. I want that gift. It's Jesus. That is the greatest gift given to all of humanity. You don't have to do anything to earn it. You don't have to pay for it. You don't have to have good behavior. You don't have to have a clean record. You don't have to have any of that stuff. You just got to say, you want to give me this? Yeah. All I got to do is take it. Yeah, that's it. Okay. Then take it. Then take it. It's free. It's beautiful. And it literally is the gift that keeps on giving for all of eternity. Who wouldn't want it? Greatest gifts showed up at the right time. What about our little family, though, you might be asking? Because what happened? Dad took the medicine. Dad was healed. Dad was healed they still lost their three little children. And please understand this, Christianity is not a fairy tale. Because sometimes we westernize things and we're thinking like, well, no, see, the happy ending would be those kids come back and they wouldn't have lost, they wouldn't have experienced loss. I'm sorry to tell you, but the Bible is not a fairy tale. It's real life where there is loss. There is suffering. But listen how good God is. That family immigrates over to America, they end up having a child. Then they have two sets of twins. And then they have triplets. They go from having three children, who all died tragically, to having eight children, a full house that God miraculously gave to them. And they came over to America. And they've been passing that story on down through their family for these past 100 years. See, God knows how to show up at the right time. And even in the darkest scenarios and all that stuff, and he knows how to show up with that perfect thing that you need more than anything else in your life at that moment in time. And I'm going to tell you right now, that one thing that you need more than anything else in this life, it's Jesus himself, period. You need him. You need the wonderful counselor. You need the powerful, almighty God. You need the everlasting father. And you need the prince of peace in your life and for your family. You need him. Greatest gift. Man, you should be stoked about Jesus. Like, Jesus is just amazing, amazing. And I think about that, and then it hits home for me, and I get goosebumps. And I'm like, thank you, Jesus, so much. Thank you so much that you showed up in my life at the right time. And you're showing up in our lives at the right time. And you are in control, and you are trustworthy. So you know what? I think I'm just going to keep my eyes fixed on you. And I don't know about you guys, but I have no idea what's going to happen. But I know this. He still sits on the throne, and he's got a great plan. He's got a great plan. What does that mean for Calvary Galveston? I don't even know. I have no clue. But I know he's awesome. I know that. And an awesome God does awesome things. So I'm just going to hold on tight for the ride. My family and I, as for me and my family, we're going to serve the Lord. That's what we're going to do. So you want to come along with us in 2020? Hop on. Let's go for it. He's good. He's rad. Greatest gift ever. It's amazing.
0: You've been listening to the radio ministry Bread for the Broken with Pastor James Grizzle. We're based out of Galveston, Texas, with the support of Calvary Galveston and listeners like you. We trust that what you heard in today's message stirred something inside of you to a point of action. These teachings are meant to help you find hope and new life in Jesus, and that's our heart's desire for you today. If you're in the Galveston area, would you come be a part of what's happening at Calvary Galveston? Our atmosphere is simple, laid back, and uncomplicated. We just want to magnify Jesus at all ages. To learn more about our ministry, we invite you to visit breadforthebroken.com. We also do a live stream on Facebook, so check it out, even if you are a little further away. If you're interested in hearing more messages like this one, you can do that by going to the Listen tab at breadforthebroken.com. While you're there, why not discover a little more about the church and this ministry, as well as look for opportunities to partner with us here. There's a Give tab that's easily accessible on our website too, if you feel led to support us in a financial way. We'd also love it if you would join us in praying for this ministry. Pastor James is excited to share new things with you in the coming study. There's always more that we can gain from diving deep into God's Word. Until next time, we encourage you to stay connected to God and His Word and to then come back for more solid teachings right here. We'll be waiting for you here on Bread for the Broken.